This is Southern New Hampshire's home for the Boston Red Sox on ESPN New Hampshire Radio, WGAM Manchester, WGHM Nashua. Described to me not as best case scenario, but as a realistic scenario that if okay. they do make the Super Bowl, that they they think they will have him. But that is projecting a long way into the future. What we know now is he is not going to play for a long time. Not going to play throughout the rest of the regular season. Likely not going to play in the first round of the playoffs if the Patriots are even in it. Assuming they have a bye, probably won't play in the divisional round game. A long shot for the AFC title game. So we are talking. Uh, a lot of things that have to happen for the Patriots to see their star tight end and one of their most important players back on the field. Uh, they have been hit with a lot of different bumps and bruises throughout the course of this year. Tom Brady, of course, missed practice yesterday, missed two practices last week. Edelman has battled a foot injury for most of the year. And now it is going to be Rob Gronkowski not on the field for several weeks, maybe months, and maybe for the rest of the season. And welcome back to the Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. Jimmy Murphy, your host. Bob Bart is sitting alongside with me here in studio. Justin Sullivan working the boards. Sully, who was that coming in there talking? Uh, that was Rap Sheet, Ian Rappaport, who just decided. He's just rapping and rapping. Yeah, huh? he just decided. <laughs> I never heard him talk so much. He just decided he wanted to drop a verse right there and just, just wow. spew. He, he was just, rambling. He had he a monster going. energy. Yeah. He, he went, yeah, he had a monster <laughs> energy right there. He went from Gronk <laughs> to Edelman to Brady, back to Gronk to Bennett. Back to Edelman, back to Gronk. Wow. In like one, that was a minute. That was it's like ridiculous. he held that in all day. He just needed to get it off <laughs> it's his It's like chest. he hasn't talked all day. He just held it in and then just let it go. All right. Well, he you know what? He uh, just I'm... needed a black unicorn reference in there, right? <laughs> That's I think where we're at. <laughs> well, on to talk with us now. When you know you hear Brass Bonanza, that means that Christopher Price of WEEI.com is on the show, and he's joining us right now. Mr. Price, how are you today? I'm always good for at least one black unicorn reference to call. <laughs> Anyone is, right? <laughs> Speaking of the, uh, the black unicorn, uh, how much uh, has his value in a new contract gone up in the last 48 hours? Yeah, it's been something, man. And first of all, I got to say that he is far and away the best quote that we've had in that locker room for the last decade. You know, and the guys have come and gone and Kind of, you know, kind of been funny and offbeat, and a little bit weird, like Brandon Spikes. But no one has delivered consistently when it comes to filling up notebooks like Martellus Bennett. His his value has really gone up over the last forty eight hours. You know, given uh, Gronkowski's current situation, there was some talk earlier in the year that he had suddenly become a contractual priority for New England. Mm-hmm. And that's even before what happened to Gronkowski. Um, you know, it, it looks like they're kind of picking and choosing. They they do have some contract issues looming. For you know, sooner rather than later, with that team, Dante Hightower, Malcolm Butler, obviously Butler's in you know in a restricted free agent, so that you can kind of kick that can down the road a little bit. You know, Jabal Sheard, but yeah, look, I I think that you know Bennett is definitely in their plans, you know, going forward, and I think it's just a matter of making the money work and you know figuring out if he wants to be here or wants to be in a you know a, a more high profile locale like uh, you know New York, L.A. that kind of thing because he does have a lot of off field interest. But yeah, you know, short answer to your question. He's, uh, his value has certainly grown exponentially over the last 48 hours. For sure. you know, And you brought up how you know that did break, I think, about a month ago there, so maybe a little less than that, that, that they were making him a priority in the offseason. And when that, was, that story was broken, some in the media and some fans took it as, oh, well, what does this mean for Gronk? Does this mean that they don't want him back? Or are they preparing for life without Gronk? I didn't take it that way. I just took it as... They're being smart, and they've got a great tight end, and if anything happens to Gronk, at least they have something to lean on. Uh, and, and now that's showing what's happening now is exactly why you want to lock him up because, you know, if Gronk comes back and he gets hurt again, which is a very strong possibility with the way things are going for him, uh, you have 
maybe another top, you could argue, a top five tight end in the league uh, to lean back on. So I didn't take it that way. However, what has gone on in the last 24 hours, Chris, makes me wonder a little more, though, about that. Uh, the sort of, you know, kind of passive-aggressive shots that have been taken. I, I don't know shots is kind of a strong word, but passive-aggressiveness between the Patriots and the Gronkowski family has me a little worried about things down the road when it comes to Gronkowski's future. How about you? Yeah, that's always going to be a tenuous relationship because I think the Gronkowski family is well aware of what Rob brings to the table and the fact that he is, you know, quote-unquote a meal ticket, for lack of a better term, uh, and the Patriots, you know, way of doing business, and not only financially, but the fact that they like to keep things buttoned up. And so I think you're going to see two sides that are going to be at odds on a fairly consistent basis when it comes to things like this. So I, I don't think it's a surprise. I don't think that there's any over-tension between the two camps. Mm-hmm. But I think at the same time, this is nothing new when you consider the history there, when you consider the fact that the way the family has treated Rob and, you know, it, you consider the fact that, you know, the way the franchise goes about their business. So, um, I, I, like I said, I, I don't think it's a problem, but I just think that there is some, you know, back and forth there that, that's very, very interesting considering the situation. Bob? Yeah. Chris, when when do you think we can expect to see a restructuring of Gronk's contract to, you know, more performance-based? And if there's no automatic guarantee of payment, have we seen the end of Gronkowski, or will he start to make plans to look elsewhere, particularly if there's some underlying issues, you know, with the family speaking out? I think if there is any sort of restructuring that goes on, it's going to go on this offseason. I, I don't think that they're going to be doing something, say, right now. I, I think that, you know, that that's one of those decisions that they'll make once the season is done. I don't see him going anywhere. I think that, you know, I'll put it this way. I don't think Rob is going to be the kind of guy like Tony Gonzalez. We're going to be talking about him playing into his 40s. Mm-hmm. But I think at the same time, I don't think he's necessarily going to be, you know, headed for, I don't know, Oakland in the offseason, for lack of a better term, or Kansas City or something like that. I think that he's going to be a Patriot for the foreseeable future because he is different. Because, like you know, like we said before, there are different allowances in place for a guy like that who is fundamentally a, a planet player. You know, there's only so many guys like him on the planet, and even if he is, you know, it plays 10, 12 games a year, he's still a relative bargain at, at half the price when you consider what they're paying tight ends these days. So I, I think that if there's any restructuring done, it's going to be done in the offseason, but I don't see these two sides kind of coming apart on anything anytime soon. I just want to get back to the parents there in the Gronkowski family. And I don't know if you heard about this, Chris, but, it, you know, it's it's been confirmed. Uh, I've confirmed it through some sources, and Joe Haggerty did as well, and some other people, um, that when Dougie Hamilton was here with the Bruins, uh, there was a stretch when Chiarelli was still GM uh, where Hamilton's parents, on a weekly basis, were calling Chiarelli to complain about their son's playing time. Um <laughs> Yeah, really bizarro. I mean, you know, and and Chiarelli's response to that was, look, this isn't Pee Wee or Midget Hockey here. This is the pros. Your son's a big boy. If he has a problem, he can come to me himself. And it became so awkward that, you know, it trickled into the dressing room. And one of the reasons we heard uh, that Hamilton was shipped out was because some of the players sort of lost respect for him because of that. I don't think by any means that's the stretch that the Gronkowskis have made with the Patriots. Obviously, they don't need to complain about playing time for Gronk. He's going to get it. Um, but my, my point is, it's, I, and this isn't the first time I've heard it with the Bruins or with the Patriots. Like, it seems more and more that there's so much more uh, family-slash-agent interference uh, with superstars and with athletes. And, and I wonder... You know, have you seen that more in football and just your thoughts on the direction sort of it's going there and how that can affect the player? Because, I mean, I wonder if I'm Rob Gronkowski and, you know, my parents try to speak publicly for me or maybe do it without asking me. You know, I might be a little agitated. I mean, my dad, you know, I could speak for myself. I can handle this myself. I don't need you to be taking jabs here. Do you ever sense it getting to that point? Have you seen that with any other athletes that you've covered? Well, I think the guy that, that comes to mind, and it was, what, a decade or so ago, was Eli Manning. And when he was drafted, he didn't want to go to San Diego, you know, and they, they engineered the trade. And, you know, he ended up in New York, and, you know, the rest is history. But I, I think that it happens more with more high-profile positions, namely yeah. quarterbacks, when you, the family gets involved in maybe, you know, with the Manning situation, maybe there's a, 
a father who spent some time in the league. I, I don't see that necessarily being the case across the board, say with a you know, a third round wide receiver who was drafted. I don't think they're gonna have that kind of leverage. I think it's if if a player has that kind of leverage, it's more often than not going to be a premier player again, a quarterback uh, who's gonna have a family making those demands. I will say this too, it's important to note when you're talking specifically about Gronkowski's situation, mm-hmm. it's the father. Okay. It's, it's the mother is not. I mean, they're 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 separated or divorced. I don't know what the you know. I, I think they're divorced. So the mother is not in the picture on a regular basis. Okay, it's it's the father, and so the father is the one who is is you know is is kind of I don't say driving the driving the bus on this, but the father is the one who is you know he's he's the guy in charge basically, and he's working with Drew Rosenhaus, who's the agent, and they're all kind of you know they they call themselves Team you know, Team Robert, Team Gronk, whatever you want to yeah. say. They're the ones who are kind of coordinating this. So um, it's an interesting question. I don't think it's reached that point in Foxborough with Rob Gronkowski okay. and the Gronkowski family yet. I just worry about the player, too. Another case I think of in hockey was um, Jack Johnson. I don't know if you heard what happened with him. He's a defenseman. Yeah, and, I, did, yeah. I did hear that story. Yeah, yeah. and his, 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 par- I mean, his parents and his brother like basically were taking – some of his cut of his salary without him knowing, investing it in this and that, and then it backfired. And yep. He ended up bankrupt and had to file for bankruptcy. And I'm not, I'm not accusing the Gronkowskis or anything like that. I'm just saying it, it, it's an interesting dynamic, you know, and it's, it, it, is. It, it, it really and we're is seeing it more and more in sports. It, it really is perfect. And I think that it, as we're talking about this, I'm thinking about more and more situations. I think more often than not, it comes up in individual sports as opposed to team sports. Yeah, again, good we point. talk about the idea of leverage. And the idea that, you know, if, if you're a premier player, you might be able to do that. But in a team sport with 52 other guys in the locker room, it doesn't always work. You know, you hear stories about tennis players, for example. Um, I, I know there's, there's, there's one or two other stories about golfers and, you know, oh, families yeah. having control and, you know, that yep. kind of situation. So I think it's more in the individual as opposed to the team sport. For sure. Hey, listen, uh, we, let's look at the game ahead right now. They're playing the L.A. Rams, and, and obviously, you know, on paper they should roll over them. No Gronk or Gronk in. It doesn't matter. But... We all know that's why they play the game on the field there. And I've heard a lot of talk today on the airwaves. Uh, some hosts on, on the radio in Boston, I won't name who, but the, some of them saying, hey, they should sit Brady and Bennett because they're hurt and they're going to need him no. down the line. And I yeah. just think, you know what, that, no, you don't do that right now. If Hey, if they play and, they're, and they, they determine during the game that they're too hurt to go on, then fine. Put, put Jimmy G in or put somebody else in. But... I still think you need to make sure you secure that home advantage and you need to win the games you should. What's your take? Yeah, I agree with you. And, and I, I think given the Gronkowski history, you know, given the Gronkowski situation, home field, you know, I'll put it this way. Their margin for error is pretty narrow at this point without Rob Gronkowski exactly. for the, rest of the regular season. And so you cannot continue to take these games. I don't want to say you take them for granted, but you need to have a sense of urgency. That that has to start now as opposed to, say, you know, mid-December or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, yeah, these, these, these are, these are must-win games because I still think that even without Gronkowski, if they get home field advantage, they're still good enough to win the AFC championship. I agree. Because I, I still don't see any other team in the AFC – as wildly flawed as the rest of the conference is, being able to come into Foxborough and win a playoff game in Foxborough, I just don't see it happening. So, yeah, this is one of those games where you just have to take care of business. I don't think you sit, you know, Brady, I don't think you sit better. I think if the game gets out of hand, if the Patriots are right. up 30 to 7 in the fourth quarter, then you, then you, you know, proceed accordingly. But I don't think that this is one of those situations where you could say, all right, you know, Tom, take the week off. We'll go with Jimmy and we'll kind of roll the dice and take our chance. Exactly. Hey, Chris, uh, this uh, weekend at halftime uh, during the game, they're going to be honoring uh, the first Super Bowl championship team for the Patriots. Of course, I know Drew Bledsoe was around this week and, uh, some other guys will be coming in to to celebrate that team. It's hard to believe it's been 15 years. Uh, we're gonna play this clip right now, and then I want and take I want you to take us down memory lane because I know you were there. Adam Vinatieri, 48 yard field goal attempt, set to go, snap, ball down, kick up, kick is on the way, and it is good. It's good. It's good. Adam Vinatieri boots a 48 yard field goal, and the game is over. And the Patriots. Super Bowl champions, the best team in the National Football League. 
My favorite part of that is Gino Capaletti in the background. Just go, hey, hey. <laughs> it's it the best. It was great. But what a memory. And I mean, I, I was saying when we came in uh, t- on the air today that that is top three, one of my uh, my favorite sports memories. And I was in L.A. covering the All-Star game for you. You were my sports yep. editor then at the Boston Metro. You were down there at that game. Take us back to that and what it was like to just be there for that historic moment. I, it, I always compared it to it, it was for me. It was like being present for the moon landing. It was just it was crazy. It was just one of those things. I mean, you guys know as well as I do the history of the team and how bad they were for, and how irrelevant they were for such an extended stretch. And for them to be able to find their form and kind of have it all kind of come together and click, it was really it was really really amazing. I remember sitting in the press room. And turning to my friend Mike Parenti, who was working for a newspaper in Rhode Island oh, yeah. at the time, yeah. going, the Patriots just won the bleeping Super Bowl. <laughs> and just having to wrap my head around that idea, you know, how far they've come. To, you know, I started covering the team in 2001, and I thought, well, you know, it's going to be fun. And, you know, they'll go down and win a few games. They're certainly not going to be, you know, they're, they're not a playoff team. They'll go 8-8. and eight. I'll have a, you know, a few interesting stories. But it, it was remarkable. And, you know, when, when you consider everything that happened that year, Leading up to that, I still say this year has been nuts. Yeah, this you know it's it's kind of the top three for me in terms of just crazy, surreal, unbelievable years: 2001, 2007, and this you know in in, in this season in that order. It's just been but 2001 was just off the charts yeah. in its own universe. One of the most remarkable stories that you'll ever come across. It really was, and it, I'll, I'll, if this isn't Murphy's Law, Chris, and, and we'll leave you on this, I don't know what is, and you know from working with me, it exists. Uh, so at that time, heading into that game, the Patriots were fourteen to one underdogs. Okay, uh-huh. so my friend, who I lived with in New York before I moved back to Boston and started working for you, my friend, uh, this guy Matt O'Halloran, he's an Irish lad from Liverpool, England. And uh, he was, uh, I was hanging out with him in L.A., and then he went to Vegas the day before, that Saturday before the Super Bowl. And he said, you want me to throw any money in again? I said, yeah, here's 500, put it on the Patriots. And he's like, you, what are you, nuts? <laughs> he's like, I'm telling you, man. Like, I, I just got this gut feeling, do it. <laughs> so he takes the money, right? And, of course, they win it. And I'm, I'm in a, this bar. It would happen to be a Rams bar as well. I had to run outside and dance on the beach and celebrate on the beach. And I'm thinking I just won all this money. And I'm going nuts. And I, you know, I call him, and I'm like, oh, my God, we did it. We did. He's like, what happened? He was still waking up, hung over from the night before, and he forgot to put the money down. You're going to chase him down, man. <laughs> oh, he's been paying me back since. It's just like it's <laughs> ongoing. Anytime we hang out, I've got an open tab with him. Don't worry. <laughs> it was unreal. He, that was no. one of those, it, it really was, man. It, it, was, it was like one of those, you just you remember where you were. I've talked to so yeah. many people, and there's so many stories about the night that that happened and just the memories and just, you know, whether it was Brady or whether it was Troy Brown or Vinatieri or Ty Law, just the the number of stories yeah. that have come out of that evening. It was, it was remarkable. It was a remarkable season. It was so cool. So cool. Listen, Chris, always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, we will be in touch about the Whaler stuff, and uh, we'll get you on the show again soon. I appreciate it, Murph. Take care, guys. All right. Chris Thank Price you. from WEEI.com joining me here on the Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. Uh, just, yeah, he still owes me. He's still paying that <laughs> off. Open bar. Yeah. yeah. And he's an Irishman, too, so he knows. He's good. He actually offered me the money and everything. I'm like, dude, it happens. What are you going to do? He gave me the 500 bucks back, of course. But yeah, just that. But I didn't care. I was still on cloud nine at the Patriots yep. one. It was unreal. And then the, the plane ride home, we actually uh, was on a Southwest flight. And it went from L.A. to Houston to New Orleans, where the Super Bowl was. Okay, so this is the Monday after the Super Bowl. We're picking up all the Pats fans. <laughs> so the whole ride home is a bunch of drunk Pats fans. Let's go Patriots. It was awesome. It was such a great memory. And I just, I remember being on Manhattan Beach with my ex-wife, Mary, and we would just, I'll never forget, I was sitting in a bar in the beginning, too, and they're I'm like, why is everyone glaring at me like they want to kick me? Yeah. And she's like, because the Rams used to be in L.A. Remember that? And, of course, now they're back yep. there. But, yeah. So I watched it in a Rams bar. But you know what? The whole bar shook my hand, hugging me after and everything. Like, man, that was, I mean, that. It was awesome. That's one for the one ages. The you can't games, argue yeah. that. You know, we, we sat there. We polished off some Jameson. So it was, uh, it was a great time. Definitely great memory there. The Patriots winning their first Super Bowl. And they'll celebrate that at the Patriots-Rams at halftime. So if you're going to the game, 
Don't get up for a beer at halftime. Do it like as the second quarter is winding down. You won't want to miss that. Stay with us. Stretch Run will be back here on ESPN New Hampshire. Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Weekdays from 3 to 6 right here on ESPN New Hampshire. Christian and King. One game? Yeah, one game was ridiculous. One? It was ridiculous. You got ripped when you gave Ray Rice two. two. And now you're going to give this guy one? Yeah, no. It's just, and this, guy, yeah, this guy's really bad. Josh Brown's ex-wife told police of over 20 physically violent yes. instances. Police were called on multiple occasions to the Browns residents in Washington State, St. Louis, and New Jersey over the years. Ooh, three states. Come on. Weekdays, noon to 3 on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. And streaming live on ESPNNHradio.com. You can win tickets for the big Monday night game against Baltimore just by watching the Pats take on the L.A. Rams with ESPN New Hampshire and Bud Light. This is Pete Terrier inviting you to join me and Lindsay the Bud Light girl for an ESPN New Hampshire Patriots viewing party at the Halligan Tavern in downtown Derry. We'll have lots of prizes and giveaways and someone watching the Pats and Rams with us at the Halligan Tavern on Sunday will win a pair of tickets to the next New England home game on Monday night, December 12th. The Halligan Tavern, 32 West Broadway or Route 102 in downtown Hi, I'm Liz. Welcome to Lowell Jewelry and Loan. The economy is pretty rough right now, and if you're looking for a short-term loan, banks aren't making it any easier. Sometimes it can take up to 60 days to get approved. That's crazy! We truly are in the business to lend money and put cash in your hands instantly. Bring in any item and we'll give you cash. We also give you four months before making your first payment. Call or come see us today. Our reputation is impeccable. Lowell Jewelry and Loan on Merrimack Street. Celebrate twice the holiday season with Metro PCS. Right now, switch to Metro PCS and get two free Samsung Galaxy On 5 smartphones, sales tax not included. Plus, Metro PCS is on the 4G LTE T-Mobile network, so you'll have the nationwide coverage and fast speed to make the most of your two free smartphones. For a limited time, add a line to select plans and get 8 gigabytes of data for only 30 bucks. Swing by Metro PCS and check two free Samsung Galaxy smartphones off your list. Metro PCS, wireless figured out. The good news is that if you go to Buffalo Wild Wings, order from the Fast Break Lunch menu, and don't get your food within 15 minutes, your lunch is free. The bad news is, we don't plan on taking longer than 15 minutes. Free lunches? Are you crazy? What kind of business model is that? Lunch fast or it's free. We do it for you. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings. Beer. Sports. For a limited time only at participating locations. Valid for tables of six or less. Other restrictions apply. See a participating location for details. Your NBC Sports Radio update starts now. Hold that Tiger. And after the rough finish yesterday with the double bogeys on 16 and 18, Tiger Woods responded today with a bogey-free 7-under-65. He's right back in the hunt in the Bahamas. Five shots off the lead at 6-under par. The Broncos trying to stay in the hunt, but today... They announced that quarterback Trevor Simeon is out for Sunday with a sprained foot. That means rookie Paxton Lynch will get the start in Jacksonville. And Redskins tight end Jordan Reed has been ruled out for Sunday in Arizona with a shoulder injury. Today, also a day of mourning after the tragic shooting death of former USC star Joe McKnight, who played in the NFL with the Jets and the Chiefs. McKnight was killed in a road raid incident outside of New Orleans. And today, the guy who did it was released without being formally charged. College football tonight is the Pac-12 championship game. Number four, Washington, taking on number eight, Colorado. NBC Sports Radio. Guys, the customer appreciation sale is here at JCPenney with great deals on fine jewelry to show how much you appreciate her. We have extended store hours this Saturday, giving you extra time to pick out the perfect gift. Show her how special she is and get 25% off fine jewelry, like select diamond, gold, and silver pieces already 40 to 60% off. Need an idea? Diamond studs are all up to 50% off. 
The customer appreciation sale at JCPenney. That's getting your pennies worth. Valid 12 1 to 12 6. Some exclusions apply. Check newspaper at jcp.com for coupon and details. Napa know how. This winter, millions of drivers will mutter disparaging words under their breath and shake their fists in the air due to dead car batteries. Luckily, there's Napa with a wide range of batteries at a wide range of prices to fit any budget, including the always reliable Napa Legend battery. So, the only thing that gets heated up this winter is your car right after it starts up on the first try. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gate video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers in all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located in Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com. We've got it all here on ESPN New Hampshire. You know, I think that uh, you know, as a defense, it's, it's getting to the football and um, you know just being around it. That's when things happen. Um, so just everyone getting to the ball and when it comes out, somebody's there. So um, and the pass, the ball was out and it bounced the other way. So um, last week it bounced our way. So hopefully we'll just continue to to get after the ball and uh, you know have it bounce our way. Oh, he's probably the second best guy on the inside. Not so second best because my brother. First best, you know. So, but he's a really, really good, really, really good player. So uh, we have our challenges up there, but we had challenges last week in, up front. We're one of the best uh, front four in the league as well. So that's just something that's it's just constant throughout the league now. Everyone has good guys up front because everybody wants to push pressure on the quarterbacks. We've talked about it a lot this week, and you know, this is when the football starts. And, you know, all these games are, are critical and they mean a lot and they're important to you know our success. You know, moving forward. Uh, you know, for the rest of the season. So, you know, this is when you have to really, you know, bunker down, stay on top of your film studies, stay on top of your, you know, your playbooks and, you know, whatever the game plan is for that week. And, and uh, you know, every game is going to be important. Two-point drive. Vikings looking for the tie. Bradford from the gun. Steps up. Bradford delivers over the head of Rudolph. And it's over. Sam Bradford hit on the play. The Dallas defense has held on a two-point try, looking for the tie. And welcome back to the stretch run here on ESPN New Hampshire. Jimmy Murphy, your host, Bob Bartis, alongside as my Friday co-host, Justin Sullivan, working the boards. Thanks to Chris Price at WEEI.com joining us in the last segment. And joining us now, as he does every Monday and Friday at this time, is our good friend Cole Wright from NFL Network. Cole, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. What's going on? I don't know if it's you, Murph, or if it's Justin Sullivan who has the uh, super affinity or ACDC, but either way, man, I like it. It's good playing uh, and, and music. It I choose the music. Out. Justin does the clips, but he he does dig the ACDC though. It's and nice. it's, it's more it's more su- it. it's more superstition too. Because okay, I, Murph, yeah, I, I know you're probably wearing uh, the, the the later hose and like Angus Young right now, with a little <laughs> Applejack hat. Yeah, in exactly. Studio. I know. And, I know. In my in my touchdown Pat jersey. There we go. <laughs> exactly. There exactly. we go. But uh, hey, let's uh, let's look back at last night, Cole and. Yeah. Look, it wasn't pretty, but uh, you know they don't always have to be pretty. You just got to be W's, and the Dallas Cowboys continue to get them. And uh, 
a, a gutsy win came down to the end there. Uh, just your thoughts on that on that win last night? Well, like you said, it wasn't pretty, but you know, if you, if you want to have a successful season, there's, there's going to be some of those games. There's yeah. going to be some of those games that you win by the skin of your teeth, like. You know, and when, when the Patriots, I, I know they, they didn't win, you know, obviously the Super Bowl this season when they went undefeated during the regular season, but look at those games. I yep. mean, we would like to think revisionist history that every single game was a blowout. That, that might not have been the case, though. You know, yep. if we go back and take a look at those, there's going to be those games that are closer, where you're challenged, where, where you're, you're tested, where you really know what your team is made out of. And I think that Dallas Cowboy team, that's what we saw to them last night. I mean, that, that Minnesota Vikings squad, have they been hot and cold all season long? Yes. But how did they come out last night? They came out hot. Aside yeah. from that very first run by, by, uh, by Zeke Elliott, I mean, they looked like they really had the Cowboys' offense in check. And I think the Cowboys had to regame plan, realize what they needed to do in order to get that W, and they did it. And they came away with the win, and they, they do it on the road. Not an easy place to play up there in Minnesota. Like I said, they got the W. So more power to them. And, you know, that's the longest winning streak in the history of uh, the Dallas Cowboys. And they've been wow. playing football for an awful long time down there. Imagine that. Wow. Bob? Cole, we were, Cole, we were talking uh, right before I think we came on the air about whether or not that was a blown call for the uh, hands to the face uh, for Sam Bradford. Your thoughts? You know, like he, I don't know if you saw the whole game from front to back and if you got to hear a lot of the audio, but, you mm-hmm. know, there were other plays that, you know, I think it was on that, on that Zeke Elliott, uh, like 42-yard yeah, run yeah. that was nullified. Al Michael said it best. He's like, if you really want to, you can call holding on every single play in the NFL. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty much where you're at with that. I mean, you, you, you want to make the make, make the right play, then, you know, block as, as you're taught. And sometimes, you know, you try to get away with a little extra, hope, hope that it gets lost in the shuffle. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. I think that was just an instance. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I just almost feel like I'm with you, Cole. I mean, yeah, you could call that. And it would be legit. It's within the rules to cut. But at the same time, you want to let him play. And yeah, no, I, I, I see so many. I go back, you know, being the, the Notre Dame fan that I am, and I'll never forget when uh, they were playing Colorado in a national championship. I mean, this immediately made me think of it. And Ishmael goes back, you know, runs one back to win the game, and I'm going nuts, and they call it back because of holding. And it, was, it wasn't anything flag when there was a borderline holding. Did it really affect the play? No. And it was. It was BS that they called it, you know, but that's, I'm on the other end of the it. That's the worst. Yeah. That's the worst. When, it, when, it's, when, it's, when it's so far away from the play, if it has no immediate bearing on said play, yeah. when, when things like that happen, that's when it's the worst. But, you know, like I said, you know, are, have, have we ever been uh, referees in the NFL? No. You know, what, no. What, do we know what it's like to go out there and make calls in the heat of battle yeah. all, the, all the while trying to dodge guys, you know, from taking out your knees that, you know, that weigh 275? No, I've never done that. So it's a lot easier said than done, you know, when we take a look at some of these officials and the calls that they make. You know, it's bang, bang. And I know that the video is there, but sometimes, you know, when they get when they put their heads together, they don't have enough, you know, conclusive evidence to overturn things. So that's, that's, that's where And I at. like, too, when players realize that as well. And you see, I, I, I like it. I appreciate it when players look at it and say, look, hey, there was calls he gave us, and you know what? If we played better, we wouldn't have been in that position. So that's the way you got to look at it. And, it. and it's hard to say in the, the heat of the moment. I get it. But when, you know, hindsight, you look at it, you sit back, you kind of breathe in and say, all right, well, you know what? Hey, it came down to it, and we didn't get the play done. And that's it. Because I, I, I don't think either way they get the play done. I don't think it really affected the play. Yeah. You know, so. Hey, look ahead to the uh, the weekend here, Cole. And we've got some good ones. And, uh, I mean, I know you're looking forward to that Bears uh Niners oh, battle. I mean, it's like I that. It's like I am can't so wait. psyched for that game, man. I, I got the DVR. Brian set. Hoyer. I mean, yeah. Or uh, Matt, Colin Kaepernick, Matt Barkley, Brian Hoyer. I know Brian Hoyer was obviously <laughs> on the Bears at one point this season, but uh, who, who it's, cares? It's just a comedy. <laughs> uh, exactly, a comedy of errors for the Chicago Bears right now, but. No, you know, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if Colin Kaepernick just talked him up. Well, you know what? I will say before we move on from that, and it was only a joke bringing it up, but you, you know you're right. Uh, Colin Kaepernick is quietly, and I don't, you know it's not getting much recognition because his team stinks. But I mean, he's having he's having a pretty good season, man. And he's like the last four games, he's been nasty. Yeah, I mean, if you put him on a, on a team that was you know worth at least ten cents. Yeah, he'd be halfway decent, but you know, obviously he's on San Francisco. The only reason San Francisco isn't like he doesn't get the ultimate garbage prize because there's the Browns and the Bears still out there. <laughs> but I mean, even though that, that that the San Fran only has one win, the Bears have two, and the Browns have zero, I still feel that you know of of those three, you know, you know, garbage teams right now, man. I feel like the Bears are probably the worst. Oh, they are. I really feel that they're. I mean, they're so bad, and it's like they don't have a. 
And Matt Barkley is, is, a, is a bright spot right now, if that says anything. Yeah. You know, not take anything away from his skill set, but, you know, Matt Barkley's out there, and, you know, he, he played the win the other day. You know, didn't quite get that W. But I think that they're going to have, you know, some rough sledding against San Francisco's defense, which isn't saying a whole bunch, but I'll take San Francisco's offense and defense over Chicago's offensive defense you eight know, days a week. You got me thinking here. You're talking about the Cowboys, and they're having their longest win streak ever in the history Ever. of like one of the most storied franchises in pro sports, all right? And as we're yeah. sitting here speaking about the Niners, I- I'm thinking this was one heck of a storied franchise as well, Cole, uh, you know, especially when I was growing up. It, but, you know, what is that like right now for them to see the Cowboys' success? And, and furthermore, how much more do you think maybe that motivates ownership and management to really turn this around? Oh, it, it, it's going to take time. But is that extra motivation when you see one of your old rivals in a, in a, a, a franchise that a lot of people ha- hold you in the same category as and you're having the season you're having and, and Cowboys are having the season there? How much do you think that affects the management of the 49ers right now? How good were the Cowboys last year? The opposite of good. They were garbage. Mm-hmm. I know they didn't have Tony Romo, but they had backup quarterbacks, guys that were question marks. And even entering this season, I don't think that anyone said, oh, Cowboys, man, they're going to get it done with this quarterback that they didn't even want. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's go back and remember before the season started, they made it they they made it public knowledge, well known, that they were trying to get Paxton Lynch. Jerry Jones wanted Paxton Lynch. Dak yep. Prescott fell to them, and they, they just they do what they could with them. And now look where they're at. Yeah. So it, that's, that's the great thing about the National Football League. A team can go from ashy to classy in just one season. Yeah, and we, we saw that happen with, with. I mean, what Cowboys had four wins last year. Yeah, I mean they were they were far from good, and this year they're they're great. So San Francisco, you get the right piece of the puzzle. I'm not saying that they they can do it next year. I mean, obviously you have to have the, the fundamentals have to be be instilled in your in your squad. And right now, I think the fundamental skill set of the, of this San Francisco 49ers team it just isn't there. Like I think Chip Kelly, I think his game plan belongs in Eugene, Oregon. You know, whether he goes back, I, I was just gonna. You know, that was my next question: we'll Is see. Chip Kelly part of that turnaround if it happens? I, I don't think so. You know, it wouldn't be fair to only give him one year. But well, people are like, oh, he's I don't been know if it's necessarily like, them giving him one year. I'm wondering if he just wants out. Like if he says, you know what, I, you know, I wouldn't. I'm I wouldn't a blame him guy. if he left. Yeah, because it just it makes his quality of life so much so much better. You would think like you can have yep. a winning program. You get your 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 pick of the litter when it comes to getting those top tier recruits. Exactly, and it's it's just I mean I I don't know like normally I would say a one year, you know, gig for a coach clearly not enough time, not enough time in college, not enough time in the pros. I say in the pros if you're not, you know, if you don't show some form of of getting it done after year three, then maybe you start to scratch your head and look at a guy. Right. But one year in, and I, I feel like. You know, a lot of football peers say, you know, Chip Kelly and his, his schematics and his game plans are, are you know, are, are not going to ever work in the National Football League. But everyone says, like, look at what's going on right now. Like, look at last year in Philly. But his first two years, he was 10-6. and six. Yeah. It's, it's not easy to, to play over 500. And before a game's over 500, like, the dust settles this year, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, there's not going to be a whole bunch of teams that are four games over 500. So to say that Chip Kelly is a complete and utter failure as an NFL coach. Oh. Isn't really spot. No, that's on. not fair at all. But but, you, but then again, you see what he's done to try to equip his teams to to play well, and what he did there in Philly last year was was extremely questionable. And then this year, you know, from the very beginning and the onset, not having Colin Kaepernick play, and and obviously yeah. there were you know some outside issues that and extenuating circumstances that affected his playing time. But you know, I don't think that Chip Kelly's all that bad. I don't. I also don't think he's all that good. Yeah. So whatever that says for the cat. You know what? And quickly too, before we move on from the 49ers, and I can't believe we we spent seven minutes on that. Yeah, uh, but uh, <laughs> the longest time anyone's spent on the 49ers all season long, all across the nation. You're welcome, San Francisco. Francisco. Yeah. But uh, and I had the yeah. under. I had the under on that. <laughs> nice. You know, but I'll I'll just say this too. You know, and I don't see a lot of people doing it right now, and and they should. And hey, I was one that was way against the way Colin, Colin Kaepernick was handling things, and. I, I, I bashed him, and I'll eat my words. You know what? He has actually acted upon his actions and words from the beginning of the season, and he's gone out there, and he's actually made an effort to get into the community and followed through. So I think he deserves some props on that, and I don't see a lot of people doing that right now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's good. Even, even if, like, that's why, you know, I'm, there's, there's so much mutual respect between us. But the fact that, you know, even if you're not a fan of the guy, 
that that's when you know someone is genuine. If you say, hey, I don't like this guy, I think he's a clown, but what he's done, he's been a man of his word, he's stuck to his guns, yep. and if that's, that, that's where he's at, that's where he's been, you know, I tip my cap to him as well. Like, do I necessarily agree with everything he's done? Not really. Like, we're from an older generation, we talked about that before. Right. And, uh, you know, I just, I just think, though, that, you know, this is a guy that, you know, is he using his platform for positivity and a little bit of change? Like, yeah, I think that, that's, that's kind of good at the end of the day. Yep. I hear you. Listen, let's move on to a, what I think is going to be a fun game, and it has to do with the team that you you did say, and I'm going to continue to give you credit, could make some noise in the second half here. The New York Giants are at the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'd say since you said that, this could be their toughest challenge. And, and people will say, well, look at the way the Steelers are played, and blah, blah. There's just something about this game, man. I mean, it's kind of – I feel like the Steelers, if you're looking at it now more and more, it's, it, it's do or die for them. And now they've yeah. got a chance to make a statement – to the NFL and to themselves that they can hang with a team that's coming in and Fuego. What do you think on this game? I'm going Giants, man. I, I am mean, too, you know, but I think it's going to be tight. It's going to be tight, man. I mean, this team right now, this Giants team is—they are sneaky good. Like yeah. I said, like I didn't think they were as good as they are right now when I said that, that to watch out for them as a Super Bowl team, which is even more scary because you know this is a team that they they start they start catching fire at the right time, which it looks like they are. And then say they win this week, and if I'm not mistaken, next Sunday night football mm-hmm. is is Cowboys and Giants. And man, talk about the setup! And then if the Cowboys win that, I mean they could be you know they could be riding high. Yeah, you know? man. So you know we'll see because they own the, the tie break with the Cowboys. If it's, I mean, this is not uh, uh, this season is not 100 percent done. This this uh, this it's NFC crazy. East is not the Cowboys just for the taking right now. These Giants, man, they're in the mix, and you know they're going to make some noise. And you know, despite the fact they only have one loss. I mean, these Giants, man, they're balling. Yeah, you got to watch out for them. And uh, like I said, it's going to set up for one heck of a Sunday night football in, in a, you know about a, in a week and some change. Yeah, so we I, shall see. I, I think this Giants squad, man, like watch out, Eli. He's probably the best quarterback of all time when it comes to taking hits and turning into a pile of mush and then popping back up <laughs> being the exact same dude that you were. It's crazy. I mean, boy, oh boy, I mean, you could hit him over the back with a with a with a Adirondack big stick and he's popping <laughs> right back up, man. He's, he just won't die. And you know? For, as Patriots fans can tell you. <laughs> man, oh man. Oh I'll boy. Listen, David my... Tyree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, where's he right now? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Hey, listen, buddy. Somewhere, always Somewhere shining his ring. Exactly. <laughs> always a pleasure, my friend. You have a great weekend. Where can we find you on the tube? Uh, give us the uh, the times and places to see you. Well, I'm coming on on NFL Fantasy Live and probably in 15 minutes here. Oh, so sweet. So the NFL Network, and I'll, I'll be on your airwaves, man. Awesome, buddy. We will check it out, my friend, and uh, be good. good. Enjoy the football, all right? Likewise. Have a great weekend, guys. All right. That's Cole Cole. Wright, NFL Network, joining us here in a stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. We'll get back. This show is motoring, man. It's going to be Justin, Bob, and me. We'll uh, we'll toss various topics around, and uh, who cares? You want to call in? Maybe shoot, shoot the breeze with us and talk about anything. Football, hockey, music. Who knows? Give us a call. 603 
Welcome back to Stretch Run here in ESPN New Hampshire. That is the sound of Stone Bullet, local band playing over at the Thirsty Turtle tomorrow night here in Nashua. Go check them out. That's their song, Don't Call It a Comeback, off Stone Bullet, Sons of the Gun. Has a little Sebastian Bach feel for me, you know, a little Skid Row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a little of that to it, you know. So, uh, yeah, they're uh, one of their guys, uh, David Lawrence. He follows me on Twitter, and we've gone back and forth a couple times, and he uh, sent me the info. You can follow him at the Dave Wayne, at the Dave Wayne. And uh, they are playing a gig tomorrow at the Thirsty Turtle in Nashville, like I said. Uh... Punk band State of the Union and a badass heavy band, as he put it, Killer at Large, are on the bill as well. Go check them out there at the Thirsty Turtle in Nashua. I might do that myself. We'll see. We'll see. i got all sorts of options now to, uh, for the weekend here. The weekend's uh, looking good. As long as I'm in front of a TV at 1 o'clock on Sunday, though, that's all, that's all I care about, you know? Got to be watching the Patriots. It's the only thing that matters. Football Sunday, baby. <laughs> it's the only thing that matters. Football Sunday. Anyhow, boys, uh... It's Friday. It's Friday. Justin, you are you are off next week. I am on the move. Can't say where, but I am on the move. You can say where. You can you're going it's like you just won the Super Bowl. Where yeah, are you going? Uh, I can't because I have uh, Oh, oh, that's I, right. I have so we'll listeners. Just, so Well, if the I'm listeners a, don't get that then, they're a little yeah, too young for that. So that's good. Are, but you you got point. me though, right? <laughs> that's the point. Yeah. Okay. So I will So that's uh, where Justin's going. He he I've just, just won, won the, the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl, and I'm doing the first commercial afterwards. Exactly. So he's I'm on the, the move. MVP, and he's doing the Correct. commercial, and that's where he's going. Correct. But we can't exactly the, has, say I'm it. I'm on the move. He has family contractual obligations. Yes. That's right. And you'll be gone for how long? Uh, for the week. I'll be gone Saturday right. to Saturday. And, so uh, next week's uh, Timmy Buttons will be filling yes. in for you. The yep. return of Timmy Buttons to All the stretch right. run. Uh, I will be texting you on Sunday, rubbing it in your face when my picks, you know, hit. And I'll. Uh, you mean like the one that hit last night? Yeah. Yeah. That one. That I told you, watch out for the hook. That was horrible. Horrible. At least it was two, not three. And, and then it would even be even I just worse. think the end situation was so funny where I'm sitting there rooting for him, for Sam Bradford to do what he always does and throw a pressure pick, and then they score. I'm like, all right, screw it. Get to two points. Put it in, put it in, and let's keep this game going. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. But, yeah. Well, we shall see how that goes. Uh, your thoughts on the Bruins last night, buddy? We Pretty haven't good. talked about it. Pretty good. We'll I'll talk take it. in a bit to Joe Haggerty about I'll it, so it. good you know, segue here. I'll take it. Noah Hannafin, by the way. Can play. <laughs> he owns it when he comes home, huh? He can play. Lord Mass native. He's you know, a defenseman for the Carolina Hurricanes. Was drafted in the first guy. round two years ago. He can play. And he was a guy that the Bruins Targeted. were hot after. They yes. were trying to get him bad, and they were unable to make it happen. That was the year with the three uh, three draft picks. You know, yeah, that's when they traded Lucic and they traded yep. Hamilton. Yeah, and that was that was the one where they drafted three in a row, and everyone goes, "What and are you so doing?" And so Hannafin you know? has since come back, and I think he's got like three goals in the, three games or yeah, something. Yeah, he was like that. the one last year when they needed a win down the stretch, and they went to the shootout with the Carolina. Stretch run. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> they, they went down the stretch <laughs> run, and they really needed a win there, and they get into a shootout, and they send him out there. The defenseman out there is like the third shooter. Everyone's looking around like, "What are they doing?" And he goes and he absolutely roofs on our Rask and, and killed the Bruins, you know, chances there. One of those ones you thought you had to take down the stretch they couldn't take. And, yeah, he's he can play. I was very impressed last night, and I think it was just Pasternak to me. That Pessy kid, too, is good, eh? Yes, and I saw him play up close to personal at UNH where I've, I've been up there. Yeah. See, I saw him play for a couple of years. He could play, too. They got good young D there, man, in Carolina. But, yeah, the Bruins come back. Was it David Backus with 31 seconds? Oh, yeah, yep. And then Wait. David Pasternak with the shootout winner, a beauty there. And we'll uh, we'll talk to yeah. That was that was some sick, <laughs> sick moves there by uh, Pasternak. And that's a big win for the Bruins. They of course are going to Buffalo tomorrow to take on the suddenly red hot Jack Eichel led Sabers. I mean Jack that. Eichel's back. He's got five points in two Fantasy games. Fantasy player, thank you. I'll yeah. take that. Jack Eichel of uh, Chelmsford, Mass, right around the corner here. He's coming back. and uh, Reminding everyone that he's still here. Reminding yeah, everyone that yeah. he's still It's not play. just about McDavid. By the way, too, the Oilers, uh, McDavid and Laney went head-to-head last night. The Oilers won 6-3, but Laney had uh, two goals. I don't even think McDavid got a point. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's so many good young players right now, like we were saying yesterday. But Jack Eichel's still one of them, and he's letting them know. And I... I I don't like this game for the Bruins tomorrow. Matinee. Doesn't sit right. Yeah. Doesn't set up They're right. They're always flat. Yeah. I'm, Day I'm, games, man, it, it's just, it breaks your routine. Oh, it absolutely does. You I know? Mean, you know, no morning skate. Yeah. You know, for all intents and purposes, and then what? Try to get fired you up. You figure they're probably the there game. by now, right? They probably flew up yeah. late yeah. this afternoon. Yeah. They're probably just getting in there. You do a dinner, but then it's like, 
you know, you, you got to be at the rink probably at eight. Right. Yep. So you, your whole routine's out of whack. Everything's out of whack. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's for both sides. So it's not advantage Bruins, advantage Sabres. It's both sides can be affected by it. But for some reason, but plus I, the travel, you know, there's the, that factor. There's that. Trade, and you know. I just don't like the momentum the, the Sabres are gathering right now with Eichel back. And they've just got, when he's in the lineup, they're just a different team. And the way they can move the puck on those. That Bruins defense scares me. So You want some uh, good news for Thursday Night Football? Sure. Most viewed Thursday Night Football game ever last night. Really? 22.2 million viewers. Most viewed. Interesting. For Thursday Night Football. I mean, Thursday Night Football is usually terrible, so I understand why they haven't had big ratings here, but that's got to be a good sign for them in the ratings department. They're, they're all worried about the ratings and losing ratings. It's not the fact that the, you know, the games stink. It's, you know, it's something else, but... They finally got a good viewing and a good show. Did, last did night. you see who took credit for the uh, NFL's declining ratings? President elect <laughs> Donald Trump. He said it was my fault. I'm sorry. I, I had taken the, the thunder away from the uh, the NFL with my campaign and my win in the election. So uh, now that that's over, they should be fine. And you know what? I mean, I'm saying it's him that did, but it, it is true. The ratings have gone way up since the mm-hmm. election's been done. I think for a lot of things. It's amazing, amazing how, how that election, you know, no matter who you wanted to win, captivated everyone. Mm-hmm. Even if you sure. hated everything about it like I did, it still captivated me. And it's amazing. And you look at the, the effect it had on, on the NFL, which is usually top-rated TV. Right. right. You know, do you think it had that effect on NASCAR at all? Well, I was gonna I was gonna joke and say now I know why the the ratings went up last night because NASCAR season's over. So I mean, and I'm I'm joking, but I'm not. Ah. There's guys like me that Sunday from two to five or two to six, I'm checked out. So yep. I only see the start of the first game and the la- latter half of the second game because uh, I'm go- I'm gone into NASCAR world. So yeah, I could see you know some of the fans that will now have uh, less options from here with motorsports being over and deciding where they're gonna watch you know hockey or uh, or NFL depending upon the schedules. Interesting stuff there, and uh, uh, he's going to be interesting. You see him throwing out like a first pitch or something. <laughs> Can he? Even, do we even know if he can throw? Can he throw? I don't, I don't know. know. Like what's his? What's like, his? He's the best sport? thrower ever. I don't watch <laughs> this. Watch this. I'm the best thrower ever. Yeah. yeah. You will be amazed at the ability to throw. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. That's a pretty good uh, Trump there by Bob Bartis. We got to clip that. You are listening to the stretch run. It's a huge no, I first pitch. Like, I saw more like Kennedy or something there. Um, I wonder though. I wonder what his. I, I don't even I, know. Like I, what's his? What's his? Sport? I really don't know. I don't think. I I can't imagine him throwing a first pitch. I don't even know what it's going to look like. I would imagine it could look anywhere from fifty cent throwing a first pitch, where it goes straight left, or he could throw. I have no idea. No clue. Could be. Uh, could be interesting to see uh, President Elect Donald Trump throwing a first pitch next year. It will. It will be done. It'll be, oh, it'll be a Nationals game, right? National season yep. opener, I'm thinking. We'll see. We'll see. Any, uh, we are going to talk some Bruins. No more Trump on this show. Uh, in the next, no more politics. In the next <laughs> segment here on the Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire, Joe Haggerty of CSNNE will join us to discuss the Bruins' win last night and their game in Buffalo, <coughs> excuse me, tomorrow here in the Stretch Run. We'll be back. Well, you made me weak.